Welcome to episode three of the Technical Difficulties Podcast, a podcast where we explore different topics related to mental health in the tech industry. Today, we're continuing on with our theme of work-life balance by talking to some amazing people who have found different ways to balance work and life. Today, we're talking to an amazing human being and someone I owe a massive debt of gratitude to, a woman by the name of Karen McPhillips. Say hi, Karen. Hey, thanks, Chris. Great to be on board with you today. Absolutely. Great to have you. So to start off, can you just talk to us a little bit about what you do in your day job outside of what you do outside of your day job? Sure. Uh, day job, sometimes evening job, sometimes weekend job, <laughs> sometimes wake you up in the middle of the night job. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> uh -oh. I am in the corporate world. I am a marketing executive for a software company um, and handily fairly dispersed employee set to start with. So, so even pre the March timeframe was doing quite a bit of work from home. So my day entails working with quite a few people. Many of them are creative or web development kinds of folks, and others are people who are responsible for creating demand for our product. Um, and still others are responsible for knowing the product and the customer base. Um, I work for a company called Magnitude Software. It's headquartered out of Austin, Texas. Um, and the group is about 600 people. I report into a chief marketing officer who runs marketing for the whole business. And I sort of have two slices of that life. One slice is what do I do to support the corporation in its presence in the market? And the other slice is a, a business that is built around some very unsexy technology, but we love it with all our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> it is that's all of it right <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that earlier yeah uh, what yeah. do you do servers and boring stuff just <laughs> whatever man <laughs> but important stuff if you need to get data from a to b not necessarily migrating it but accessing it so, uh sure. that part of the business of the magnitude business is what i serve for about 50 percent of my my role Cool. So that's kind of my day. I spend a lot of time in meetings. I spend a lot of time, not as much time thinking and navel gazing as I would like, um, reviewing things. I do a ton of editing. I have a journalism background, so I love words um, and playing with words and figuring out how to help them be strung together better to engage somebody. And um, you know, dealing with all of the, the drama and politics and wonder that are the world of corporate tech. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you're like giving me PTSD right now. <laughs> Let's get to the better topics. Okay, no. it is so, a good topic, and frankly, I let me say I have felt very lucky mm, um, this year sure. that that I have a job. Oh, um, absolutely, and that is my same job um, and a job that, for the most part, I enjoy. I I love marketing. Uh, it's sure. a really fun thing for mm -hmm. me. So absolutely I get to do it every day. So getting on to the other part, um, speaking of, I guess, contemplating our navels, mm. why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you do outside of your day job? I know this spills over into 
you know, a little less than, or a little more, excuse me, than just a, a side thing. But what an introduce us to that. Sure. And it's, it's how yeah. I met the fabulous Chris L himself, oh, uh, which is yoga. I am passionate. I never would have thought 20 years ago, if you had said, you're going to be practicing yoga, a yoga instructor and meditating and bringing this to people and talking about it half of half of your time or more, I would never, ever have believed it. Um, but I started yoga in the early 2000s. Actually, it might have been a little bit earlier than that now that I think about it. Accidentally, I had always wanted to do it. Accidentally fell into it. A coworker had purchased a Groupon. This is how long ago it was. And accidentally purchased a second Groupon. So her accident became my happy accident, which was, hey, Karen. I can't use this. I can't go to the studio again for free. Are you interested? And I lived in Massachusetts at the time and headed out to Dedham of a Sunday and took a really great class with an incredible yoga instructor who was funny and fun and encouraging. And I said, I'm going to go back there. And over the course of time, um, with some encouragement from a bunch of teachers, um, comes my the second part of what I do outside, which is to, to teach, to instruct yoga. Um, and that is, in fact, how I met the fabulous CL himself, um, with lots of gratitude for all of that. Um, and then the third piece is spend quite a bit of time with my partner playing board games. Um, we probably, I don't know the count, I'm going to say mm, 200, perhaps, in a, in a huge library at the uh, one end of our kitchen table, which is a giant farmhouse table. Sure. There are other things that I do, including spending a lot of time outdoors and photographing things and sharing those. Um, but I would say of, of everything we do, that plus listening to music. Um, sort of a, maybe not a lost art, but getting close to a unique art of actually listening. That's very valid. To it music. Is. So it's those are sort of the, the four buckets, two of which fit tightly together. Sure. And you also have, um, yeah, for lack of a better word, um, your own world, for lack of a better word, of yoga where you live now in Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, do you want to talk about what that is? Sure. Sure. Uh, three and um, not quite a half years ago, uh, we moved from Boston and literally a village of Boston, Roslindale, to central Vermont to pursue our passions. Um, we had been contemplating for a while and couldn't figure out where we could make that happen. My passion is yoga. My partner's passion is teaching uh, glass art, um, primarily in the form of glass blowing. However, um, in the world where blowing into a pipe and then having somebody else blow into the pipe doesn't quite uh, uh, suss out, uh, we've uh, expanded some of our other offerings there. So we own Salt and Sand Studios uh, in Warren, Vermont, which is a beautiful, beautiful area. We're on about eight and a half acres. I've had the pleasure of combining all of that with yoga. So the 
the salt studio for sweat is yoga and the sand studio for glass is glass blowing and glass fusing and glass lamp working. Um, and we've been able to hold some retreats here um, within our first couple of years, which have combined um, a, a of yogis and all of the wonderment of being part of a small sangha, eating, drinking, laughing, practicing, meditating, considering, reading, singing, listening, blowing glass with one another. Um, and we've been pretty lucky to be able to do that. And, and it's been a bit of a tough run as a small business, like mm -hmm. many, many, many others. We are still uh, viable, thankfully. Um, and are just reopening the yoga studio this weekend with classes. We were cool. doing outdoor classes in the summer. So that's been our journey. And, and I will share, I'd love to share with the group that uh, certainly I am not the youngest chicken uh, uh, scratching around in the, in the hen house. Uh, and so this was after already a 30 year career which I have been able to continue and pursue this passion. Mm. So, hey, that sounds like a lot on your plate um, between, <laughs> between salt and st sand, glass blowing, et cetera, and also your you know, day career of being a, a VP of marketing. Um, I know this might be kind of a general question and maybe a little bit hard to answer right now, but how do you, how do you handle that? Um, do you have specific blocks of time where, you know, okay, now I'm going to stop working and take care of the yoga studio? Because um, that honestly seems like two full-time jobs. <laughs> some <laughs> days it really feels like that and some days it doesn't. Um, flexibility has been really, really critical um, from day one. How do you fit both things together? And, and originally, you know, my, my knee jerk when you talked about work-life balance, mm -hmm. uh, when you introduced me to or requested that I participate in this program, sure. um, and I thought, I, I can't really speak to that because there is no balance. But in fact, it is a very fluid, it requires being very, very fluid. And the yoga has really helped a lot with that. Um, part of the way I quote unquote achieve it. And some days I don't, right? So, sure, of so course. the reality is sometimes you feel super balanced and sometimes you don't. And sometimes I wake up in the morning thinking I should be doing more for salt and sand. And other times I wake up in the morning and think, I wish I could do less for, for the corporate job. Mm -hmm. um, meditation plays a big, big, big key in this uh, Self-practice is really important from an asana, you know, a mat practice perspective. Um, and if you don't do yoga, also totally cool. The physical aspect of, of movement with breath, whatever that entails for you. Um, the meditating each night and each morning, which is a discipline and it takes a lot to go <laughs> do it. And sure. I don't do it as much in the morning as I used to, um, but I do it every, every, every single night. Um, and then finding classes to take that fit in with the timing and not feeling guilty, frankly, if I don't make it to my normal 5.30 Monday class, mm -hmm. can I find another class or can I do something that is quick on my mat to go make that happen? Um, but the board games also play a part in that balance. How do you work the, the mindfulness from a 
uh, neuroplastic kind of perspective um, in support of learning new things and um, attempting to have an intent that is playing the game for the game's sake and, and not, not necessarily the competition of winning. I love mm -hmm. to win. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, I have a problem there. I'll totally admit it. <laughs> I'm very competitive. <laughs> I'm not competitive in any other space of my life, but board games, it's like, <laughs> Yeah. Don't, e don't even get me started on Monopoly. I will literally just wipe the floor with everybody in Monopoly. Um, so, so yeah, um, it, it can be a struggle and, and sometimes that requires a little bit of permission for yourself and a little bit of forgiveness that, yeah, I spent 60 hours on my corporate job this week or yeah, I spent, you know, 30 hours on salt and sand this week. And it's also being okay with that, that fluidity and being okay that your weekend doesn't always mean you can go just have fun in other ways. Mm -hmm. If I didn't teach, I think it would be a very different balance um, because when I teach the giving back really helps a lot. Okay. Um, and that's one of the things you you yourself have have learned throughout or explored throughout sure. the the journey with yoga and meditation is mm -hmm. that the the non self part of your world can often be the part that gives you the most back. Absolutely. Um, and reminding myself of that, especially on the days where I feel like, you know, I'm unhappy or I'm frustrated or I'm angry or I'm sad. Mm -hmm especially if I already have a class on the docket, whether mm -hmm. that is, you know, for my studio or for another studio. Um, I know I'm going to feel better when I come out of the class because it is not about me mm -hmm. at all. Interesting. Okay. So I was going to touch on uh, that, that subject exactly is how do you find mentally uh, yoga balances with your day job, which as we both know in the, in the world of tech marketing can be more than slightly uh, blood, blood pressure raising at times. <laughs> um, so I was going to ask how that balances out. Um, and I guess you would say that it's, it's that fulfillment of giving to others and, and compassion that is a release for you and kind of melts that frustration away. Would that be? Sometimes. Um, okay. okay. As simple as, um, so as complex as that to as simple as having practiced breath work for okay. a dozen years, I can now bring that. I don't always remember to, but sure, I can bring that in. If I'm in a meeting and somebody is, uh, I am responding in an, a way that is less than productive, mm -hmm. I can put myself on mute. Sometimes I even take myself off video if we're on video. Mm -hmm. and breathe. I get up and walk around. I'm mindful of the moment. I bring myself back. So, so it, the, the beauty of the teachings for yoga is that it is a practice. It is not a perfect. Mm -hmm. And because you, you know, they say if you do something for 10,000 hours, you are a master. 
or you're considered to have mastered whatever that thing is. So if you spend 10,000 hours being angry and yelling at people, you get really good at it. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and if you spend you're right. <laughs> 10,000 hours <laughs> practicing mindfulness. <laughs> I'm, there are, I, I'm, I just got to say this, this, that I feel like there are a lot of people who, are, who have mastered the being angry and yelling at people through 10,000 hours. I feel like that's a very real thing. <laughs> and then anyway, on, on top of the whole thing, that's all of your neurology starts to orient toward that, right? So if, mm. if you're at the top of a, a ski mountain and there's a beautifully manicured and well-skied path and maybe a not so manicured and well-skied path in in it's your first or maybe your fifth time skiing and you're not a risk taker <laughs> or not an uber risk taker you know you're going to go down the path it's proven whether it's been proven by you 10 over 10,000 hours or not you're going to go the the road not less traveled i'm mixing everything up here um and that's what the brain does. So if I am you, a response that is sadness or anger or giggling or whatever it is, mm -hmm. that's, my, that's my automatic. And then all of your behaviors and responses from years and years and years of that experience start to feed that whole thing. It's really hard. I don't remember the stats. There's some crazy stat about, about it takes, I'm going to make this up now. Uh, it takes, you know, six weeks and some number of hours to create a habit. Yep. It takes like 24 yeah, hours. Absolutely. To, that's how, um, dissolve it. that's how Sutra started me on meditating every morning. Mm -hmm. There was an exercise about, you know, it takes so many hours to start a practice. So find some deliberate ritual. And to this day, every day I go out and meditate for 30 minutes, at least every go. morning. Absolutely. There you go. And I, and that's what I do at night. It's probably about 20 minutes, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like this is kind of a, a symbiotic relationship um, more often than not for you between uh, yoga and um, your work. Just for clarification, um, are you the only teacher at Salt and Sand? Are you salt and sand or are there other yeah it's it's okay it's it's me Got um it. okay. when part of uh, part of the the legal aspects of in in our locale mm -hmm. of having a business in the home is um the okay. category in which that business sits and our category sits as home occupation got it um okay. which at this time you know sort of the agreement is sure you don't have other people teach. Sure. Um, no worries. But also the beauty of you had you mentioned Sutra, the beauty of the mm. other studio where I feel like I sort of grew up in my teaching. It's actually where I first taught with per, a permanent quote unquote, nothing's permanent, sure. <laughs> but with permanent classes on the schedule. Mm -hmm. Um and and honor to still be able to teach remotely with Sutra in in Lowell. Um, but that all came out of the original community of Steel Studio Fluid Yoga School um, in Dedham, where um, the owner of Sutra, Jen Howell, uh, 
was one of the instructors and also a person who encouraged me to take the teacher training. The lineage of Jennifer Howell. <laughs> She's going to listen to this podcast now. <laughs> it's like the Bill Belichick or Bill Parcells lineage, excuse me, where you have Bill Parcells <laughs> at the top and then there's like this tree of all the, the coaches that go down. Right. Anyway, that's what you are, Jen. You're going <laughs> <laughs> so, so going back, um, this sounds like a little bit of a symbiotic relationship in terms of the yoga helps you with your work life. Um, but, but I assume it's not always like that. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, you know, when it's not like that and some of the issues you face, um, with running your own business, um, on the side of a job, which is already a full-time gig there's sort of a bizarre kind of triangle that 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 exists whereby if I was a yoga instructor instructing at other schools without my own business without a partnership in a business uh, and doing my corporate job there's there's a lot of symbiosis that can take place there there's also um dynamic tension in that the sensibilities, if you will, and tenets of, of yoga and mindfulness and meditation are not really present much in the corporate world. That's and so, you know, you, you end up with times when people confuse kindness with weakness mm. um, or where people don't understand it when you offer to take a breath or as an example, I belong to a, a product management association in Boston for a little while. And um, the, the leader of that association asked me to start a meeting with a meditation twice. Uh, and there were a bunch of people who were completely, can you be plused? If you can be non-plused, you can be plused. Who are completely plused by that. And argh, argh, what if this is ridiculous, hocus pocus and, you know, whatever other words they sure. wanted to use. And, and yeah. I, you know, thankfully I had enough, enough mindfulness and sensitivity sure. to, to be able to say, Hey, there's no need to close your eyes. There's no need to even join in this, but if you would be respectful of the others who are interested in doing it, that would be much appreciated. Right. So now we add the third piece in, which is here's uh I, I practice and teach yoga for other studios. I have a corporate job and then we run our own business. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I go from a triangle to a circle because they feed one another. And if you so choose, you can use each of them as a learning experience for the other. So how do I, how do I be true to myself in my mm -hmm. corporate world? And how do I be fair to the business? You know, mm. that there's a, this, one of the sensibilities of, of yoga instruction and meditation instruction is an equal energy exchange. So if I'm offering the teachings, what is the equal energy exchange back? If it's a business, right? Mm. And we live in a commercial world, um, the monetary aspects are a big part of it. Sure. When I moved to Vermont, um, I found people who preferred to barter. Hmm. And I've had the 
ability to do that because there's not much overhead for a yoga studio. Sure. Okay. Uh, small yoga studio, large yoga studio where they need to have lots of people to operate is very sure. different. Sure. Um, so, so there has been a bit of, as you said, symbiosis in, in that some of the tenets of yoga itself go into running our business. The purpose of the business, thankfully right now, isn't that we have to sustain ourselves on it. It Mm. will eventually be. So I sustain ourselves through my corporate job. Sure. Yeah. I, I have a mortgage, <laughs> you know, I have insurance Absolutely. I got to pay. Yeah. Just uh, like, oh, we yes. have cars that need work every year because <laughs> of the snow and the salt. <laughs> oh yeah. It's or always, as, go ahead. So it's always, I was just going to say, it's always an added expense for, <laughs> you know, living in the country, right. Is, you know, that I always tell people like, believe me, I don't want to own a truck that takes like $70 to fill a gas tank. I, I would rather not but I, I have to. Um, right. Yeah, right. So and then, so a funny story on that. A friend asked us who we knew very well in um, Boston, but had grown a little apart from they had, they had children and we did not. And so they had, you know, a lot of commitments. And when he saw on Facebook that we had a business called salt and sand he thought because it was in Vermont, it was actually a snow plowing service. <laughs> That's that I could see how you would arrive at, at this. That totally. would make a lot of sense. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the things that I find interesting about living in this world with a corporate job and mm. running a business and instructing and practicing yoga and meditation is that this notion of the, the householder, um, there's, always a refle- there's often a reflection in the, the Buddhist teachings and the yoga teachings or the Hindu yogic teachings, it doesn't quite matter, of sure. the, the, the individual who can either live within a sangha, a community that are all focused on the same thing, right? Living the, that life of of true compassion or bodhisattva um, intention and and or the hermit who goes away and lives in a you know quote unquote a cave or whatever it might be um you know the the guru who lives a life that is a hundred percent about i'm not talking about you (laughs) that's why i started laughing (laughs) it's like oh she's talking about me now that's that's what's going on the hermit who decides to move up to the middle of nowhere <laughs> and live on a cabin on the top of a hill. <laughs> oh, she's, she's directing this choice. You know, me. in some ways, <laughs> you could look at that and say, well, that's the, easy, that's the easy way. Because everything you're doing is, is focused on making that happen. Whereas if sure. you're the householder, which is the word that has been used in text in, in, f- for quite some time, you're figuring out how to embody a life that interacts with the rest of society, let's call it, um, within the confines relatively of society, working to find where with the equilibrium. So you can raise your kids if you have kids, that you can run a business, right. that you can right. live in a, a town and, and not be 100% self-sufficient, sure. um, where, where exchange is often, you know, credit, 
credit or cash, Venmo, PayPal, whatever sure. you want to call it, right. um, money. Cause I can't, I can't go into my software and have somebody register for a class and, and check off um, bushel of apples as payment. Right. But I can go into my software and say, this person has paid for class so that the software quote unquote allows them in and they get registered and they sign their COVID form and all that kind of stuff. And because we've had more of an exchange, they bring me, uh, it wasn't a bushel of apples, but as an example. Whatever. Um, so that that's kind of interesting. I, I That went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but. Eh, no worries. <laughs> no, so just for our audience, because I don't think we ever sussed this out, uh, you know, verbatim in speech, if you will. You do work remotely, correct? Just correct. saying it for the camera. Okay. So that's how you manage to live in Warren, Vermont. In Warren, Vermont, where okay. <laughs> there's not a lot of big business. So sure. the company I work for, um, and I worked for them pr- uh, full-time on one of their facility sites in Burlington, Mass. Okay. Right in the, the tech belt of sure, Massachusetts. Sure. Um, teeny tiny office for a company with 500 or at the time, probably 500 people were now 600. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we had a dozen maximum people in our office. And then when I moved, um, which was kind of an interesting experience, I decided to do all this. My team members, I had one team member who reported to me who was in Burlington. I had a couple in Massachusetts and I had a couple in Vancouver. And um, at the time, I'm trying to remember where the other ones were, I think Texas. and so I did not have a conversation with my boss about whether I should or should not move. I just called her and said, I have good news moving to Vermont. <laughs> hey, that's totally valid. Um, and and yeah. interestingly, it was roughly around that time where she said, I have maybe not good news. I'm leaving the company. And I was like, okay. And she said, you're going to report to the CFO for an interim. Okay. And I called him to say, just to be clear, Kevin, I've already talked with HR and I know we need to do some things on the back end because we're not mm-hmm. as a company registered for Vermont. So they had to do a little work and they had to spend a little bit of money on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, well, how are you going to manage your team? And I said, the same way I already do because right. <laughs> sure. they're basically all remote. Sure. And my shift was actually to live in Vermont Wednesday through Sunday morning, and then I would drive to Massachusetts. And speaking of the world of Sangha and community and good Mm -hmm. people, I have very dear friends. My best friend from college also lived in Roslindale. And Mm -hmm. we rarely saw them, but then they invited me to live with them on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Perfect. And and it was a wonderful, wonderful, uh, heartwarming time for, you know, over the course of about three years to be able to be part of their lives Mm -hmm. and have them be part of my life, learn to live with cats um, and uh, do this, what other people saw as a horrendous commute and what I saw as four hours of meditation. (laughs) Yeah, if you can do driving meditation, sure. You can, 
And, and I will say that's part of what kept me sane doing that drive. Sure. And there were some hairy times with really bad, really bad storms, but, um, makes sense. Yeah. I shift that to, to coming home on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. I dropped a, cl- I dropped a class off my schedule. So some people like to say, Karen, you weren't going to work from the office on Mondays. You were going to teach at two other studios in Massachusetts on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Yeah, I, which is I can attest to that, that theory. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then in March, obviously, was um, we you know, went into isolation. And, sure. um, right after a retreat, so it was a good way to close things out. We had mm-hmm. a beautiful retreat with some wonderful folks from the Sutra Studio local community. And um, yeah, here we are today. It is easy to do in these types of regions, whether it's Maine or Vermont or <laughs> wherever. It's just we like, just call it living, not yeah, isolation. Absolutely. <laughs> of course. It's you know, it's something that comes up all the time. You know, I remember when I I I decided to to go through with this cabin idea. Um, and for our viewers uh, who are maybe familiar with me. Karen was a, actually a very instrumental in convincing me to finally do this. Um, I still remember at Sutra Studios in Lowell, she looked at me and she said, you know, Chris, the reality is that none of us are getting rich. We're not flying around on private jets or anything like that anytime soon. So you might as well do what makes you happy. And that had a massive imprint on me. Um, but I do get that, right? Is, you know, oh, it's, are you out there because of COVID or, you know, whatever, you know, political thing. And I mean, it, it, that's a side benefit. Sure. But that's not the point. <laughs> I'd be out there anyway. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure you're the same. You feel the same way, mm. but hey, do in you have- fact, we feel a little luckier uh, not having been in the thick of uh, the red, the red spots, as it were, um, mm. our lives would be very different if we were still in Roslindale. I think mm-hmm. I would have, not that I don't rely on the practice now, I rely on it quite a bit, but I think I would have had to force some practice that I might not have Sure. Uh, otherwise. Sorry, what was your next question? No, I was, I was going to ask, um, do you have, do you have an arrangement with your, your manager? Um, as sometimes I'm sure salt and sand or, even teaching yoga elsewhere can probably your worlds can collide, right? Mm-hmm. Between your your corporate world and the yoga world, let's call it that. So, is there some type of agreement you have with your manager of, hey, I do this. Sometimes worlds will collide, and um, we're going to make some accommodations for that. No, because it doesn't get in the way. Okay. Um, so, going back to the original statement about sure. our fluid, sure. I have some specific classes at specific times um, on specific days. Salt and sand is mostly weekend, except for privates. Um, And the privates actually are starting up again next week, which is great. Um, But mostly it's built around the business. There have been times when I have a Tuesday, uh, sorry, a Monday night, 7 p.m. class where um, I might be running to be there 20 minutes early. Uh, it's a sutra mm-hmm. class. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but mostly because of the, the flexibility and also because I am working remotely. So I'm here and see my partner more than I would if I was in an office. 
right? Mm. There's an extra couple of hours in a day sure, than absolutely. if I were commuting mm-hmm. um, that uh, I can say, I, I have a personal engagement and, you know, I, I can't take a meeting at 6.30 or whatever time somebody's asking me to. Right. Um, so it has, it's rarely crashed, but it, it has. Um, I do also periodically teach yoga for some of our Vancouver team uh, over, over Teams, oh, Microsoft Teams. Okay. Uh, when I went out uh, about a year ago, maybe two years ago, somebody found out I was a yoga instructor other than the, my team. <laughs> and they said, they will you teach a lunch. class? <laughs> so twice when I went to Vancouver, I taught at lunchtime. Mm. And they, uh, they've asked me subsequently to do their lunchtime <laughs> periodically, <laughs> one day a week, but it's uh-huh. not quite one day a week. And you know what? I have to not feel guilty about canceling that if, if a meeting pops up because sure. it's you know three o'clock in the afternoon for me. Right. Um, and that's the other piece to this, Chris, that I'm sure mm-hmm. you have probably visited with a little bit, which is um, the feeling of guilt, which um, I certainly have practiced more than 10,000 hours in my lifetime, sure. feeling guilty. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when I first started doing yoga, I only did it on weekends. And I worked a ton. I was probably working like 65 hours, 70 hour weeks. And then I said, you know what? Leaving at 5.30 p.m. is not slacking. So one night a week, I'm going to leave the office at 5.30 p.m. and I'm going to go take a yoga class. Mm-hmm. So getting down to that discipline and that notion of habit, mm-hmm. then I was like, I can leave the office two nights a week at 5.30. And then if I need to, I can go pop open my laptop and do some work. Mm-hmm. And I will feel much better f- having gone to a class. And frankly, as I said earlier, the, the teaching, the instructing, my mindset when I finish a class is, um, is fantastic. It's, it's open, it's comfortable, it's compassionate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about others and it's not about myself. So I'm not kind of angry if I have to go back and do a little bit of work. Sure. Uh, yeah absolutely um no i I agree with you absolutely about the the mind clearing aspect of it and i i definitely get the guilt thing and i think a lot of our audience uh feels the same way and has has felt that in the past um as long as you can look yourself in the mirror and know that you're doing your best for your company you're earning Mm -hmm. your money and there are times when it feels like you're being taken advantage of because you are working, whatever it is, 45, 55, 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And there, this is what I tell my team sometimes. Sure. And there are other times where, you know what, it feels right to knock off at 4.30 on a Friday. And that's okay if you don't mm-hmm. have a commitment or if you're communicating to the right people. Sure. Um, and yoga the practice of yoga and meditation helps you find give yourself permission to do that Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it what i find is it also helps put things in perspective um an old college professor of mine used to have an expression that uh, if nobody is dead or dying it's not an emergency and it can be fixed and (laughs) I, i take that um 
I take that philosophy with me to work a lot. Mm. Is that, you know, is anybody dead or dying? Nope. You know, we, we, uh, we do software. It's an open source software company. It's not an emergency. I'll, <laughs> I'll get to it tomorrow. I'm going to, you know, hop to yoga or whatever. Um, go walk the dog, do whatever it is. Um, and yoga helps and meditation helps reinforce that concept mm. to me mm. at least. Is that, you know, putting things in priority and, you know, putting my own mental health first. Well, um, and understanding that your perspective is in whatever moment it is, is influenced not just by that moment, but by what has mm. come before. Yeah. Absolutely. So when I think about, you know, what is the balance I used to in my early career have this rigid sense for what balance was. And, and to your mm -hmm. point earlier, this compartmentalizing, right? Sure. It work is from X to Y on these days. And if it bleeds out, that's a problem. Hmm. And that, that okay. X, you know, Wednesday nights are sacred for whatever it is that I am doing. Now, yeah. maybe you can still maintain that Wednesday night. Um, it actually works a little bit better if you're more flexible. And I'm not talking about bleeding in so that every minute you're on that darn block, <laughs> typing something into it, checking to make sure the battery is working and, um, you know, interrupting a conversation that you are having or interrupting your meal, unless you've agreed that something is super important, whatever that is and I might be interrupted in this meal. Mm. So I'm not talking about it bleeding in so much that it's completely interwoven work and mm. non-work times, but that sure. what I have found is by not compartmentalizing it, I'm actually more comfortable with the fact that it can be fluid and still work. You still have to have discipline. Sure. So would you say that uh, you're, what I seem to be getting from what you just said was you move from the carpet compartmentalization, excuse me. Easy of, for you to say. <laughs> yeah, right. Of, of work and life to this kind of more fluid idea of a work-life balance. So would you say that was a graduation or that was just a change in philosophies of, you know, no, that's not the way I'm going to handle this. Um, or would you say one was a stepping stone to the other? I do think it's a bit of, both. I haven't analyzed it previously. Okay. No worries. But as an example, I find myself now, you know, we talk about, um, we've talked, you and I haven't talked about it, but the, the Sangha, the community has talked about mm -hmm. um, meditation before media. Yep. Um, sure. And so my morning is my morning, accepting that I have people who work out of the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting emails from them before I'm awake it's not the first thing I look at, but the second thing that I often do is check my work email. And then I actually have a cup of tea and breakfast with my partner. Sure. And that doesn't happen every day. There's some nights I'll say beforehand that, Hey, I need to get up and get to work, quote unquote, commute up the stairs <laughs> to my desk yeah. um, for seven 30. Mm -hmm. And maybe that day goes from 7.30 till 6, you know, if it's a Monday, then I'll teach in the evening. Um, so I, it was, per, I'll say it was purposeful. 
Um, but I don't think the practice went from a decision to an action. I think it went from a need to a, an attitude to decision and action sort of all in one, if that makes sense. I'm just processing that in my own head <clears throat> that that speaks to my silence <laughs> but uh anyway hmm interesting <laughs> so hey interesting does that word mean what you think it means <laughs> <laughs> well in this case it means that i'm genuinely interested but uh, i'm not going to let on to my business colleagues, maybe what the word interesting actually means inside my own <laughs> Right. <laughs> when I say, oh, interesting. <laughs> anyway, so I don't want to keep you too long. And I notice we're getting to kind of the, the bottom of the hour here. I know mm -hmm. you, you might have to move on to other things. Yes. Ironically, I have a meeting with my boss. <laughs> oh, there you go. Perfect. So, is there anything else you feel like needs to be mentioned? Um, in this podcast. Wow, door is wide open. Absolutely. Cray cray. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Whatever it is, just let it out. <laughs> Can I sing Hamilton only if I knew the words? <laughs> uh, sure. Honestly, I've never seen it or watched it. So I, or listened to it. I, sure. Right. I will, I'll spare you from that. Okay. I think, um, number one, awesome on you for, for, building these podcasts and making space oh, for you. them and for bringing in different perspectives. Um, Much appreciated. And I, I love the fact that people can start to connect with people who um, are pursuing dreams in ways that they would like to as well mm. um, yep. and learn from one another. And, and I certainly, I listened to the first podcast. It was fascinating. Mm. Um, I don't know what I would do with sheep, but there you go. Um, uh, well, and, and I think, I think the main thing is that if you, if you work too hard at anything, you often feel like you don't succeed. So if you're trying too hard to, to arrive at some golden age of work-life balance, that's probably never going to become a reality. Interesting. Um, that the fluidness mm. and discipline, they kind of don't go together, but they really do. How no, do they be disciplined and fluid simultaneously um, can, can really be helpful. And whatever it is that you are passionate about, if you can allow that to be in your life, even for an hour a week, you'll actually find a lot more satisfaction in the rest of what you're doing. I, I truly believe that. Absolutely. And of course, I think everyone should do yoga, but you know. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Life is, life is way too short to not enjoy it and live the way you want and do what makes you happy as whatever it is that makes you happy in life. It's, it's way you know, too short. The, going back to the corporate world, the Venn diagram, <laughs> the, the, the Venn diagram of, of what do I like to do? What am I good at? And what can I make money at? Right. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to replace, what can I make money at with how can I sustain myself? Sure. Um, in, in terms of living when those start to marry and they don't marry for, for all of us. And sometimes they marry much later in careers or later in life. And sometimes it's really, really early, 
But when they marry, it can be beautiful, but it also doesn't mean that that overlap in the center of the Venn diagram doesn't have to mean one thing. Sure. It truly could be the combination of once a week I play board games and sometimes I spend time doing photography outdoors and taking the moment to really look at whatever is in front of me. And I, you know, have a decent job as a marketing executive and this, hmm. maybe you find it's too much. If it's seven things, it probably is, <laughs> but if it's five, it might not be. And sometimes it's three. Sure. Everybody's sometimes got it changes. Balance. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you for taking the time out to join us today. I really appreciate it. It oh. is my honor. It's, uh, it's somewhat mine. Um, <laughs> again, for audience, uh, Karen is an extremely special individual, at least to me. And I, I owe her an absolute debt of gratitude. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. This has been super meaningful to me. Oh, my pleasure. I appreciate your kind words and I hope folks uh, gain value from the conversation and everybody come back and listen to what he's got to offer because he's bringing it on. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Well, All right. thanks for talking. Have a great day. You too.